How's it going, guys? Back again with another week of the Football Apex podcast. Here with Elliot and a special guest, Danielle. Hey, everybody. Now, unfortunately, Inter Milan are sitting comfortably top of the table after defeating AC Milan 3-0 last week. Danielle, I just want to know your, your thoughts on the match. You know, I, uh, I guess my internet wasn't that good, so I wasn't able to watch. <laughs> I'm just sitting here on top of the world right now. Um, I actually had a different opinion on how this outcome was going to be. I didn't expect it to be like 3-0 going into it. I expected it at least maybe if Inter were going to win. It was going to be a little bit more close, like a 2-1 result or something. But just based on how the run of form is with Milan this season, it's kind of like hit and miss lately. And... Um, Inter obviously had the better run of form, but I still expected just based on like how much hatred there would be with Milan after losing in the Copa, I believe it was quarterfinals. Um, I think they were going to try to look, at least go out and win this one, but the defensively they had some issues. But the attack of Inter, like Mark. Lukaku's pass to Martinez, or it was just like world class. And overall, I am very happy with the result, and hopefully, Inter are able to keep the eye on the prize and maintain that momentum. And hopefully, in three months, we uh, are lifting the Scudetto, and which will be my first one. And then follow that with with ten years of misery afterwards. <laughs> oh, fuck. No, they do play Genoa tomorrow. <laughs> You reckon you reckon they got this in the bag? Or will they slip up? I mean, Inter tomorrow go up against 12th place Genoa. Um, I mean, we should have this pretty much in the bag, but Inter have struggled in the past with uh, mid-table teams, but obviously they're in the better run of form and they are the stronger team from top to bottom. So I think they pretty much have tomorrow's match in the bag. But obviously, I think right now we have a fairly easily scheduled upcoming. So I think there's we should secure a good amount of points from them. The only match that's up ahead that will kind of be like the tricky one, as me and Elliot discussed in our other podcast, is the Atalanta match because Atalanta have been known to turn up big in matches against Inter. So it will deter it will be like which Atalanta team shows up. The team that it ha- is hit or the one like or the other one that shows up and just annihilates us. So that's gonna be the tricky one. Um but other than that, fairly easy schedule coming up and I think we should get a good amount of points from those upcoming once. Elliot, what, what is your take on the matter? Because Inter so far, they've looked solid. And if anything, they did beat Juventus and have looked much more consistent than AC Milan. They, yeah, plus, no, go ahead. Sorry. Just like a fluke season, which AC Milan, it feels like that way. It felt like they were eventually going to run out of steam. Whereas with Inter, they genuinely look like they have the depth and the mentality to be able to win a title. It's 23 games in already. They've only got two, you know, sorry, 15 matches left before they decide, you know, who is the next Serie A. Yeah, yeah it, uh, it kind of felt like checkmate for um, Inter. Um, I mean, Handanovic makes those saves. Uh, Inter capitalized on their opportunities. Um I don't think AC Milan was really motivated for the loss in the Copa Italia because that was weeks ago. But you would have thought they would have been more uh, pushed to try to um, make an impact in this game, and, and they were unable to. And uh, obviously, Inter are firmly in control, but I would not, uh, you know, look past Genoa as potentially being able to, you know, do something. Uh, Inter probably win this, but uh, if you're talking about, I don't think in the bag is the right way to put this just because. Is what is I think we all agree a lot too. It was a more talented team than Bologna, but they still lost. Um, mm-hmm. much me to see Juventus is a much better team to Verona, but they still dropped. So I, I don't, I don't, on paper, yeah, sure, it's in the bag, but in reality, a Genoa team that went from relegation to the top, you know, 12, um, 
you know, they, they have the potential to, to do something. Again, I do think Inter will win it, but I think it, I think it will be much closer than people think. I think they can give them some problems. Um, with, with Lukaku, his physical stature, it's going to be difficult for that to happen, um, but I still think they're going to give it a game. It's not going to be like a drubbing. This, this match will be more difficult than the one last week, which is kind of crazy to say. Um, and then, but this is a big moment for, for, um, for their season because, or for, um, for Inter, because if they win that and Milan lose um, next week, or sorry, Sunday, tomorrow, um, it's going to change the thing of the entire race and they might be able to create enough separation where they can kind of start pulling away. Um, for AC Milan, I got bad news for for um, for the AC Milan fans. Oh no! I <laughs> and I've, I've said this already. So if, if you if you watch the Cal Cal Tears episode from from last week, you know what I'm about to say. Um, they're in they're in danger of not making the top four. What? And I, really? I, just okay. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but mm-hmm. I, I think there's there's a little more pressure on that than than expected um because here's the thing we talk about this all the time james winning winning intangible yeah a winning a team with winning intangibles after losing to spazia would have shown up just at least put a fight back against against inter milan they folded and there's there's different spots this season where they come off a bad performance and then they play bad again so again i think it's still highly like so i'm really looking at alanta after after Bayern Munich's um, annihilation of of you know Lazio and then them, lo- and them lo- losing today, I don't think they're they're going to be as involved. But I think Alanta can make up enough ground if they're able to perform and get some some ground back. Um, obviously, when when teams drop points like that, it's going to change. I'm not saying they're going to finish fifth or anything like that. But if if you're just looking on, on form of the teams that are trying to get into that. Lazio, other than other than the, the loss today, were in pretty good form. And Alonso are in good form, and Milan are not in good form. They have no wins in the last four games. Uh, obviously, I'm including the the, the games in Europe. But um, again, I do think they'll probably make the top four, and that would be a huge accomplishment. And actually, would it be a travesty if they missed it? Or not just because they choked away or anything like that. AC Milan and Inter Milan need to be in Europe together. Both of those teams need to be in European football, and and AC Milan. That that is a is you know you could argue is the biggest team in Italy. They need to be in the Champions League. But if they if they're not careful, they could collapse because if they lose to Roma this tomorrow, which I'm hoping happens, then they have Udinese, and Udinese is not a team to scuff at because they have they have they can make things very difficult. So it's important that AC Milan at least win that game, and then maybe that sort of solidifies it. But what happens is if, if Milan drops both games and Alonso wins two straight, the gap is going to be minimal after that. So I, st- I still think Milan will finish in the top four. But if they're not careful over the next few weeks, that picture could change dramatically. I never thought about it like that. I, I do think this is – You get what I'm saying? Run away, though. Yeah, no, I do. I do because they are only three points to get behind Milan. And, and they, they have a game in hand. This easily could turn ugly. Like the Serie, they say that the the league um is competitive, but little do they know that the Serie is one loss in the right kind of categories from just being really tight. Oh, and we're getting deep into the season. Like you know, you remember when Man City and Liverpool they they were like one point separating them for like yeah. a good five weeks. <laughs> it's starting to feel that way, but not just two teams. This is starting to feel like. Yeah, we have three winners here. I just... That's different because the distance between second place and third place that year was like twenty-one points. So this one, you 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 literally can't mess around. Again, I'm going to declare this: Napoli are not going to make the Champions League. They're not even in this conversation anymore. But outside of Napoli, Lazio lost. Okay, fair enough. They but they can get right back on the horse. They have Immobile, Alberto, and Savage. I'm sorry with you when you have those three players. It can it can be turned around very quickly. They're still involved in, in the Champions League chase. Alanta are involved in cha- Champions League chase. Uh, Zabata needs to get back. If if he's healthy, they have a legitimate shot. Again, if he's out for 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 a long time and Alanta don't play well, then then they they're going to shut themselves in the foot. But if Milan drops to Roma and then struggles against Udinese or something like that, and Alanta are on form and and Lazio get back moving next week, then you know, it's a whole different uh, situation because the, the gap between 
ma- many of these teams are good. I think, and I'm, I'm, I'm not just saying this, I think the only teams that are guaranteed a spot in the top four, um, and I, I was going to explain this, is, is Inter, yeah. um, Inter, um, Juventus, and Roma. And the reason I say Roma is they've lost a lot of the big games or dropped the, the big games, but they've beaten everybody else except one draw, one draw against Benevento and one draw against Asuelo. They, they're literally they're beating everybody else. So if you, if you look down the schedule, yeah, there's some big games. If Roma start getting points in big games and, and deal with the rest of them, I think it's very unlikely that they wouldn't be in the top four. <clears throat> Again, it all depends on circumstances. And then you have then you have uh, Juventus. There, even if they have one win in their last five, I don't care. Uh, they're 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 a team that's definitely going to be in, uh, in the Champions League next season. And then Inter, who looks like they're going to win the league, so they're in there. So it, it, it makes it sort of it opens conversations for Alanta mostly. Alanta Milan, it would be a battle for for who stays in, and then. You have Lazio as, a, as maybe an outside shot. Napoli aren't, but I think I think there's there's a lot of other teams that are fair game for that for that fourth spot, um, because I, again I, I think those three teams even uh, right now I think are the are the ones that seem like they're going to be able to keep their spaces there. <clears throat> Danielle, do you agree? Do you think that for now, you know, bias aside, that Inter look like the only team that could secure a spot in the top four? Well, besides Inter. I pretty much have, like, those same teams as well, just because Juventus, I mean, yeah, they've struggled throughout the season form-wise. There's some matches where they're able to get hot first string, and then there's times where they're not even showing up. Like, today, obviously, they dropped points. Um, But overall, they're a little bit more consistent. Uh, Milan, I mean, if they're somehow able to, like, get something going they're pretty much up in the top four which would i mean uh on being unbiased would be a huge accomplishment since i know they struggled to get into champions league over the past few seasons so it'd be like a milestone to get back into it and obviously roma yeah uh, as elliot stated and it's 100 percent true um they struggle in the big matches but are able to get results in like against the mid table relegation side, so which a lot of that is a good chunk of points right there. Um, so I pretty much think those teams are going to be in the top four. Um, Inter, obviously, if they are continue to maintain this momentum, obviously they're going to win the Scudetto. But the order of the other three is basically irrelevant. Long, but I still see those four teams going into the Champions League next season. So, Elliot, moving forward, do you think that mm-hmm. next season, I think, I think AC Milan and Inter are going to be in the, in the group stages. What, what is the expectation from them in next year's competition? Like, run of 16, quarterfinals? Um, for AC Milan, I think the run of 16. <clears throat> They're not going to be coming off a season where they won the Scudetto. So, I think round of 16... Or or Europa League run where they went, they'll go and win it. I think uh, I think Milan fans would ra- would rather go in the round of sixteen and, and go down than than do it that way. Um, unfortunately, Inter's expectations are going to be c- completely unrealistic. But that's just the nature of the fan base, and it's the nature of, of what happens when you win a title. Um, semifinal it's semifinals or bust for Inter next season. Um, and the. We talked about this <clears throat> the other week, <clears throat> and I'm going to bring this up again because I don't know if this would happen, and he does play for Real Madrid, but I have an idea, um, but, but I'm not going to get to that yet. But my, my point here is that um, Inter just won. They're going to be coming off a league title. Their their team is – they have the deepest team in the league. They're probably – there's a, I think there's a fair possibility they could, they could they'll be contending for it again. Um, Martinez stays. Lukaku stays. Um I think uh, the majority of Barella stays. Um, I mean, unless Byron come calling or something, um, but I, I imagine he would stay. I think most of the core would stay. I think, I, I because you don't go through a whole season like this after a champion and don't lose anybody. I think Devry is, is no longer in, at at Mon- at Inter next season. That's just my theory. If if one person isn't there, if you're talking key players. 
you know, next season that or that's their this season that won't be their next season. I think it's Devry, uh, just because I think Sk- Skriniar has reestablished his importance to the team, and then obviously you can't get rid of the other three. Um, and obviously, I think Inter need to they need to make a couple moves because they are deep, but they're not deep, they're not Champions League deep yet. Um, like I, I, uh, like I said. Um, the other day, I, I think that uh, they should go after the the, the defender at Lille, the the one that's uh, that uh, Liverpool are interested in. James, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, I believe so. Um, Botman or something like that. Um, he's Dutch. Um, so I would go after him first and foremost. Um, I would try to get uh, Jermaine Boga. He's not having a great season at Swallow, so they could get him for cheap. Then you got to go and get uh, another cheap buy. I'd go for like Lucas Alario at Leverkusen, something like that to, to solidify that. Um, and then, then there's, then I think they need a little more help in the midfield. Again, this stipulates how many points Atletico Madrid win the Champions or win the La Liga by. If if this is and, and this is this is probably unrealistic. If I'm Inter Milan this summer, I I throw the kitchen sink at Tony Cruz. Really? Because I think yes, and here's why. Because I know he's older, but if you pair someone like that with uh, someone who's won, you have experience with him. So so he's won all these Champions Leagues, right? And then you um, he's obviously been a part of a lot of Real Madrid, and I don't know if Real Madrid would want to get rid of him. But you pair him in the midfield with. Um, with Barella, I don't know where you, how you'd play it, but I think that would be actually a really good fit for Inter. Again, I don't think it happens, but I would try. If if that's not possible, if Real Madrid said we're not we're not dealing, that no, that's that's no from us. Then I look for as an alternative, I look for either Julian Brandt or Leon Bailey. So I think I have a a baseline. If 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 Inter can get some, maybe not the players I just listed. But qualities of that sort of level, they should be trying to prepare themselves to to go win everything. And I think they have to make the semifinal because their fans are going to expect a semifinal. You don't go from winning the league title. So th- the expectations in the Champions this year was get out the group. And they finished second last year by one point. This season and the next season, it's going to change dramatically because they just won the league. But you have to have some – you have to get depth somehow in some way. Um, and I, I, Those are just some of the names that come to my head off, off the top. Hmm. It's funny you mentioned Kroos because a few summers ago they were linked with Ballon d'Or winner Luka Modric. I know Danielle would remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Not this again. <laughs> now, do you think it was all just, you know, like they say, they were selling smoke? Or do you think there's re- there was real substance there? Uh, with the Luka Modric deal? Yeah. I think it was basically blowing smoke because at the time... There was no way in a snowball's chance in hell they were going to be able to afford his price tag. So it's like they were hyping this up like all summer. Oh, the Inter are going to get Modric. Is they going to get Modric? I'm like looking at this whole thing. I'm like, no, they're not. The price tag is too steep and we have don't have enough revenue to afford him. So. It was just pretty much smoke. There was no real substance. And, yeah, there may have been talks, like, a little bit, but it wasn't really anything significant. And based on the price tag alone, it was just stupid to even think that. Yeah, because that, that Modric would have cost $100 million. And the, and Inter at the time had $72 millions in loan fees. So they would have to part. Yeah, they just didn't have the, the financial capital to pull it off. Um, I don't think it was all smoke, though. There, I think there was a mutual interest between Inter Milan and Modric. I think both sides would have liked to, that to happen. But I, I think it was just one of those situations where it, it, they just couldn't pull it off. But I, I, I'm not going to go as far to say that it's, it was total BS because I think there was interest from both sides. It's just it's just one of those things. It just couldn't happen for, for, for financial reasons. But – but there definitely was some sort of interest, or else it never would have came up. Hmm. So, Elliot, what, what other topic would you like to discuss? Because so much happened this weekend. Um, Man City are on 20 wins in a row now across all competitions. God, it's just uh-huh. – you know what's funny? They're going be, to become Juventus in, in oh, England. Man City, Man City, I think so. Who, who's going to stop them? Hmm. I don't know who. But I, I think it's possible just because based on the fact that they're they're so much better than everybody else already. 
in the summer, they're going to get somebody else, and Pep's still there. I'm not saying they're going to win 10 in a row, but I, I, I could see them winning uh, seven of the, of the next eight or something like that. I just – I have a hard time believing what would Liverpool need to do to, 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 to put them back in that conversation? What does Chelsea need to do to put them in that conversation? I just think the gap between Man City and everyone else seems to be enormous, and I'm just trying to – in my mind, how would they, how would they turn this around? For, for teams trying to, to pipe them out because they don't have any considerable weaknesses, uh, at least that I see. Um, and there's probably only two teams in the world that can beat them. So it's, it's, it's like, it's an impossible thing to try to um, predict that, but, but um, they just seem on another planet than everybody else in that league. But then again, so do they, look, I know Liverpool last season won a lot of games, one nil, and there was a lot of, how do I say it? They look stronger than they really were. And that Man City weren't mm-hmm. really trying as hard, or, or they weren't the Man City we were used to. However, now Liverpool are looking like what Man City looked like last season, you know? Like, who's to say that they won't be? Yeah. But, but the difference is Pep's City already won back-to-back Premier League trophies. They Okay, they, last year wasn't great, and then this year they went in again. So that would be three and four. Okay, Liverpool, that was their first title in 30 years. So they had no they didn't they, yes, they made second place, but but there wasn't there wasn't a claim of league titles before that. So City went from two of the two league titles in a row. Uh, you know, then obviously not last year, and then they're gonna win it again. This was Liverpool's first league title, and they they have not they have had injuries, but Again, I just, I just, I just feel like City are kind of on a different level right now. And again, they're not going to win six, seven in a row or anything like that. But they could go on a little run here. I do believe that, and I think that um, Liverpool would need something. Uh, they have to do something really creative to 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 close that gap. Um, and there's there's a few players they could sign to make a big difference. Uh, they want Rodrigo de Paul. Um, I like it for Liverpool, but I, I don't think that's the answer. Um, again, they'll probably they'll probably do it still, but but the, the types of players they need to go at be be going after are I would I would upgrade the midfield more. I would go after the uh, I don't know. It, it, there's just a lot of options in that area, but you would have to bring something special. I, I, Mbappe doesn't make any sense for Liverpool, but but they need someone of of a world class quality at least in that ballpark level to compete with Man City in my opinion. Well, there is a lot of talk about Erling Haaland. What do you think what do you think is the possibility of him going back to England? His birth country, by the way. <laughs> yeah, next, next season. season? Some... No oh no no. Where's he no headed? no way. Is he, is he no chance. Pit stop in Madrid, he he he's staying. He's 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 not leaving this number. No one has the financial capital pulled off. So well, people aren't the, the the 75 million release clause doesn't activate till next summer. So um that would not be available to teams this this coming season. I have that right. So because of that, because of that, they would have to pay 200 million for someone. And because of the the, the financial situation that everyone's in, even Real Madrid and PSG and people can't pay 200 million. So with that being said, that that pushed him that pushed him into prime position to leave Dortmund the following season. So I think he stays the season. He gives Marco Royce a chance to to build something. Um, just gives him a chance next season, um, and then and then maybe he he makes a move to City the following season. Um, although I I just I have a hard time believing that he's going to the Premier League. Um, he I, I strike him as a player who would go. I don't know why I feel Barcelona. I, I, I have no idea why it doesn't make sense, but I, I just have a feeling that it's the Barcelona is going to be the one to, to ultimately get him. But the, again, there's no basis off that. It's just, it's just a gut feeling. Um, but I think regardless extends, he's t- probably stays there one more year after this season. And then we'll see if he, if they miss the champions league, then maybe he leaves, but I just have a hard time believing he'll leave after this summer. I think it's it's too difficult, especially with the Euros and especially with how complicated the market's going to be. Um, I just think it'll be a little too difficult to pull it off. Now, I didn't know that his activation clause, sorry, his release clause of 70 million activated next summer. 
That's what I think. I, I, I could be wrong about that. But what, according to what I, I, I looked back at, at one of uh, Fabrizio Romario's old tweets about it, and it said 2022, I think. I could, again, don't quote me on that. I could be totally wrong about that. Um, so again, obviously, if, if that if that activates this summer, then 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 there's a higher possibility of him leaving. But um, I, I'm I'm not I don't totally know, but I, I'm I think that it, it that it's uh, activates later. Hmm, that's fair. Um, but he he seems to be the hot commodity for all these teams, like the easy fix to a lot of these these broken squads. Easier. That's easier said <laughs> yeah. than done. And so. What about a team – who would you go for if you were a team that didn't have the financial capital that Man City has, that Manchester United has? For lack of for, – for more clarity, what if you're Arsenal and your striker line is getting a little old and you need to fresh it up a bit? Who do you go Mo for? Salah. Arsenal, Mo Salah. Mo Salah. Go for Mo Salah? Hmm. I, I think so. Look, if you're asking, so I, I, I didn't know you're going to put Arsenal in that, but but if you if you're just looking at a player that isn't at the price tag of of um, obviously Mbappe and Holland, Mo Salah is the best possible um, player for the next tier. I don't know if you find a better player at his price range than Mo Salah. Um, if you want to go a midfielder, uh, Verratti is interesting. That would be someone I would go for. Um, for Arsenal, God, that's difficult. I, I don't know where they would go with this because I don't think Mo Salah really fits them. Um, God, so are you? Are you speaking on the yeah, on striker? Um. Okay, it doesn't have to be Arsenal, but I, mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you give Lazio a call on Kiro Mobley. Because, like, the Premier League is. Right, right. Like, oh, by the way, <laughs> you know, and so, but then again, Timo Werner struggled, and and Giroud didn't. So it's 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 a weird league. I'll tell you that. Much. Yeah, it is. But I mean, all respect to Timo Werner. He's no Kiro Mobley. Um, there's levels to this this game, and and uh, again, people think he can't play in other leagues. I think that's bullshit. Uh, Again, it's Lazio Budark. If they sell, they're going to do it at, a, at an extremely high price. But if, if you're willing to spend the you know tier two money, I'm not saying you do it. I'm just saying you give them a call, see what 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 it would what it would take. Um, maybe you can offer a player that not, they don't want anymore in a deal. I don't know. Uh, but for Arsenal, that I would go. For, I would try to go for Mobley. If you're just generally speaking, and you need to, you you want to spend, but don't have the money for Holland and Mbappe, I'd go for Mo Salah. And I think because uh, I don't think you find a better player at that, you know, in that price range than than that um, personally. Um, but again, Liverpool probably are going to hold out for a particular price. But if if, if Liverpool don't start winning, he's going to want to leave. He's not, you know, if if he wanted to build something. In, in a situation where uh, he's giving it time, he wouldn't have left Roma to begin with. Um, but so, you know, most of all is an, um, an option. Daniel, what do you think about this? Um, all this. And what, like, which question? <laughs> because I know you guys threw a lot out. Yeah, uh, the question was James, what? Obviously, uh, teams are stacked when it comes to strikers, <laughs> so they don't have to worry about this for a while. But teams that need a striker. They don't have the capital to afford a Lautaro or a Holland or an Mbappe. So, like, basically, the mid-tier teams, not mid-table, but mid-tier, where they're not super loaded, but they can drop $50 million on a striker if they need to. Who would you sign? Well, depending on the team, Elliot just brought up a couple good players. Mo Salah from Liverpool. Um, you also have Kuro Mobile, who's really good. Um, but just in just in a general sense, let's say you're a club that needs a striker. Other than the two I just listed, who what's the type of player, or who 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 comes to your mind when you think of someone who needs an attacking player that needs a striker? We don't have to put a, a, a team a na- name on this. Just just in general. Um, if I were a middle table team, that's looking for like a good, really good. At- Attacking option, I could think of maybe 
I mean, midfield-wise, you can go with Savage. Um, because Savage is a really good attacking-minded midfielder who's really good at finding those, like, small spaces to find the back of the net. Um, Striker-wise, you got um, Jermaine Boga, right, is a striker? No, uh, Daniel, you could get him for $35 million. He's <laughs> not in this class. <laughs> Well, I mean, he is a good striker, though. Yeah, but 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 what we're saying here is, if you can't buy Mbappe and Holland, who do you buy? And just for whoever. So no, none of these teams that can't buy a Ho- Holland and Mbappe are going to say, you know what? We'll we'll just go for Jermaine Bogue instead. So you have to think of someone that's in not the Holland and Mbappe class, the but, but is. Yeah, so you so this this price range is probably like uh, let's say 95 92 125 million or something like that. maybe even uh maybe even higher. Someone that would be expensive but that would be a valuable asset to a to a team. Um it doesn't have to be a striker. We're just talking about striker but but um what were some what somebody that comes um, to Savage mind? like I just said, he's a really good quality player. Um Let's see who else is a good option. Oh, it's like there's st- Rodrigo DePaul could be a good option for a team. Um, let's see who else. There's this one player am I stuck in my head. Um, just think you you watch the Champions League. Just think, just think of the, some of the players you see and you think, oh, that's a nice player. I'd like, oh, I'd like, like some of that. I was just watching one this week. Oh man. Uh, team? Bayern. Bayern Munich? Yeah, we'll, well take a Lewandowski. No. I mean, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll take, uh, yeah, um, Bayern, could I have uh, Leroy Sané, uh, Serge Gnabry, and uh, Alfonso Davies? Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> but, I mean, there's so many names out there that it's hard to remember them all. Sorry, it's a thing with ADHD. You could tell me, like, ten That's names. Fair. By the next week, I'll forget like seven of them. This this was really all. No, we, we get it. We get it. We get Would it. Um, be able to pull. D- d- hold on, what, real quick, Dan- uh, Jay James. What about what about Latin Torino? Oh, that would be Damn. a good option too. Uh, just speak on that a little bit. I just want to give you a chance to to put your. So so obviously, I'm talking about um, Bellotti. What, why do you like why Balazzi, why do you think that would like, be basically just yeah why you. him well Balazzi, i mean yeah. torino depending on how things go i mean they're currently have a little bit of a gap from being stuck in the relegation zone again but uh he is really good at attacking and he has a really strong winning mindset um if obviously He's not going to survive. Be want to stay at a club that's going to struggle to survive. He's going to want to go to a club that can give him at least maybe Europa League at best. But in general, he is really good at attacking. He is quick, agile, and he's basically what some of these clubs desperately need. So, so yeah, that's he- fair. Oh, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Uh, you're his agent. You can't. You can't pick a team in Italy. Where do you think? Uh, wh- what would you advise? Where would you advise him to go? So no, no, no Italian teams. No Milan. No Lazio. No Inter. No Roma. Outside of outside of Italy, what's uh, what's a, a team that that th- that you think would would be a good fit for him? Team Arsenal. that needs a striker. Huh. James, what do you think about that? But the one that I got my mind made up on is Andre Silva. What do you think of him? <laughs> what would he go for in this kind of market, especially during COVID? Hmm. Is he the Dixie answer? Probably. Twenty-five, right? Scoring a lot of goals, but he does have that. Like he does have that stain on his resume. Yeah, the problem is I, I don't like I don't like him in the situ- in this formation that Arsenal plays. I don't I don't like him in a in a in a front three. Like, he can't be in a front three. You either put him in a one or you put him with, with a, a front two. So unless they get a new coach that has a new formation, um, 
then I, I just don't think that makes sense for a Arsenal team because if you have a front three, how do you play it? Because you would have Aubameyang and Lacazette and Silva. Aubameyang is, has um, um, seniority. He's playing in the middle probably, right? Silva is not a player that you put on the wing. You just don't do it. You put him up top or not at all. So if you if you do that with with Arsenal, I don't know. I, I think a form, they'd have to change the formation. If you if you play him with Aubameyang together and sell Lacazette to Roma or something, uh, <laughs> or, or or whoever, um, but I think that works. But I, I don't like Silva on the wing. I think that's a bad idea. And if if he's if he's going to go to Arsenal, he he I, it should be a front two or a front one, or else uh, you know it's it's not worth it. Now, Elliot, is there anything specific that happened this week? Oh, yeah, the young boys result against Bayer Leverkusen. Did that shock you, or were you expecting that? Um, I mean, <laughs> it did shock me, but I was doing cartwheels. I was so happy. Um, no, I mean, that's, that's, that's really uh, – I know that's really impressive. Um, and old dude who punched me a guitar and hasn't played yet, so – who the guy? Uh, the guy who uh, punched Mkhitaryan in the group stage. He got suspended uh, for a couple games, I think. He hasn't played, and he's their best player. And they they still managed to put what six best Leverkusen over two legs. It's pretty. It's pretty remarkable. It, it's they are the best in in Switzerland, though. But do you think a potential top four German side should be doing better than that in top flight European competition? Yeah, but um, as we discussed many weeks ago, when Bayern Leverkusen lost to Bayern, they just meant emotionally, physically, mentally broke down. Um, so they should be doing better. But I, I think I think Hoffenheim's situation is is much more embarrassing, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> we talked about this yesterday, and um, Daniel never heard of the team that that they were playing. So that's just like. It's like one of those teams that that it's known, but it's not a big name. I mean, in Hoffenheim, I mean, young boys are at least people are aware of it because young boys have been in the Champions League before. Young boys have have done some nice things in Europe. Exactly. So you look at a team like uh, Molde, that team takes down Hoffenheim. That's just. I just can't. I st- I'm still speechless of how how bad that was. Another another thing that was horrible was Leicester City. What the heck went on there? Um, I mean, there's, there's a lot of of really messed up things, and uh, obviously Napoli losing to Granada, but I kind of expected them to finish the job there, um, especially no away goals and AC Milan bar- barely getting past Red Star. And if there were fans in the stands in the first leg, they would not have gone through. Um, but there, there's those are just a few things, at least in the Europa League, that, that really kind Benfica. of stuck it with was me. on away goals. I believe that they went. No, no, actually they won three two. Oh yeah. No, Aubameyang scored uh, scored late, and they they went through because they're they're going to get knocked out because the the first leg at the Stadio Olimpico technically was an, a home game for um, Benfica, and um, so Arsenal had one away goal in that game, and uh, at two two. Um, Benfica was was in front because of the away goals rule, but then Aubameyang scores at the end, and boom. Do you think Arsenal are a contender this year in the Europa League? What do you think, Danielle? It, they could be a potential dark horse that comes out of nowhere, but realistically, it'll be tough for them, but it is a possibility. Uh, I don't know. I just don't know. I mean, sure, they could be. But when I'm thinking about teams that could potentially be a dark horse, there are other there are a few other teams that come to my mind before Arsenal. And, and I, I, I think it would be great if Arsenal could go on a deep run um, and maybe make a quarter or semifinal. That'd be great. Um, but um, I don't know. Olympiacos isn't, isn't going to be easy. They knocked him out last last time. Um, so obviously, um, that, that's something that's, but they could be, they have enough talent to make it, uh, you know, a team, but I think there are some other teams here that are a little bit more motivated to, to win this competition, um, than they are. And, um, 
Um, but what I really want is I want Arsenal to go through against Olympiacos and then Villar- Villarreal to go through and then Unai Emery against Arsenal. <laughs> that would actually be pretty funny, though. Because Villarreal and Arsenal have a history in the 2006. That would that'd be great. I think it was like 1 0 in aggregate, something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, wow. they they were they were right in until the very end. The tie that's got me a little worried is Manchester United versus AC Milan. Now, Danielle, I want to know: Are you going to be rooting GGMU in that tie? <laughs> oh gosh, when I saw the this, I have as everybody knows, I'm dating somebody, and he's a Manchester United supporter. So I will be obviously batting for Manchester United, at least supporting them. But realistically, it depends on what AC Milan decide to do. Are they going to make an actual push for this? Or are they going to decide to like, okay, we'll try to put a little bit of effort, but we really should be focusing our attention on the league. So it will depend on what they want to do. But I think it could I say I would love to see this match and and like extra time and then somehow it goes to the penalty shootout just because I love penalty shootouts for some reason. Um but it's one of those scenarios that you never know what AC Milan are going to do. So but it based on what I've seen the team that has the edge in my opinion would be AC Milan but I'm supporting Man U for obvious reasons. <laughs> Yeah, me and Daniel are, are on total opposite total opposite end of this. I have I have Man United winning six two in aggregate, and I, I am I am I have my convictions with this pick. I uh, I am not worried about this. I am completely in total security with with making that prediction. Um, I, I just don't I don't see how Man uh, AC Milan can do this. Um, I mean. Yeah, yeah, I guess there the manager matchup is probably fairly similar. Um, I would give a slight edge to AC Milan there, um, but I I just think this Man United team has too many individual individuals that can have too too many big moments against AC Milan that will that will ultimately end it. And Zlatan's been great to for him to be doing what he's doing at this age is incredible. I think he, he deserves everyone's respect, um, but. That's just not that's just not enough to to totally derail a Man United team that's obviously not going to you know be contending anymore. They have Bruno Fernandez who continues to to look the polar opposite of what he looks like at Sampdoria. I um, mean, just looks like a world class player is unbelievable. Um, then you have Edison Cavani who's scored in big European games constantly. Then you have the psychological battle of a former um, Man United uh, player Ibrahimovic on the other side. And Marcus Rashford, who's on his day, is excellent. Um, and again, if if you're just looking individually on the AC Milan front, Benasur is is legitimately um, one of the one of the best defensive midfielders in Syria. Um, and then you, you then once you say his name and then you say Zlatan, you kind of struggle to find uh, the, your, who the impact player is going to be. And because of that, I think this goes heavily into um, into in, towards Man United. But I, I'll say I said this yesterday and say this again. Uh, I've I've heard a lot of complaining from AC Milan and Man United fans about this draw. Look, if you have an issue with this draw being good to tough, mm-hmm. you're not you don't have the mentality to win this competition. You should want the most challenging uh, matchups because if you get through a challenging matchup then you are more prepared to take on whoever else stands in the way. If you beat someone weak or someone who's, who does, who's a, you know, who's, who's not as good as the rest of them, you know, you, you don't learn and you're not tested enough in those games. So I think I, I just seen Milan and, and Man United fans crying about this tie. Um, and it's, it's not at anyone personal. It's been across the web, but I, I just think that in competition like that, you should, we should want the tough opponent and, uh, it's gonna be. I, I don't. I, I think Man United should win this. Um, I think. I think AC Milan have what it takes to make it closer than my prediction. But I. I don't see a scenario where where AC Milan can take to knock out Man United. 
Um, I hope they do though, because I'm more worried about Man United than I'm about AC Milan. So, um, so I'm, I'm kind of in a way cheering for AC Milan just because I thought to myself, if Roma make a final, who if who do we who would we face that I would be afraid of could beat us? And I came up with one name: Manchester United. Outside of Manchester United, if Roma end up in a final, I'm not worried about anybody else. I think we would win the Europa League final against anybody else except Man United. So. I hope AC Milan find a way to do it. But the, the my, my gut feeling is Bruno Fernandez is just going to have too many big moments in this game with with Pogba, and Cavani, and experience in previous it just will be too much. What I mean by that is like Sevilla won it last year, not being the best team at all, nor were they ever favorites in any real ties, even the final. But they'd won it five times prior, and I think three times in previous successions from 2014, 15, 16. Do you think that because Man United won it in 2017 that they've got a history in the competition? And that's why they're feared. Uh, I think they're just feared because the top, top to bottom have the better team. Um, and I guess that could also go into it. The, the fact that they had won it before. Um, I think they they have no reason to fear anyone. They, they crushed uh, Real Sociedad, which should have been, well, I thought it was going to be a lot closer than it actually was. Um, I even speculated that Real Sociedad had a chance, but um, obviously not. Um, but I just think if you look in this in these games where AC Milan's advantage is going to come from, I can think of two places: goalkeeper Donnarumma, and um, I don't know, backup striker or number two striker uh, Anton, Anton Rebic a th- hundred times a uh, seven days a week over at Mason Greenwood who was supposed to be the next big young talent striker and has, what, two goals this season? Uh, just an abysmal abysmal performance uh, season. Um, I, I just don't think he's very good. But, uh, like, Rebic, Rebic is an advantage in that area, and that Donnarumma has advantage in goal. But I just can't find another advantage ac- across the board in this team. Uh, may, no, no. The way Milan defend is defending lately, I don't think even defensively they're, they're – they have an advantage. So it, it clearly goes towards Ben United. So I think it's theirs to lose. But again, um, AC Milan is just going to lie down for them. But again, uh, I hope AC Milan knocks them out. So go AC Milan. <laughs> Actually, I, that's that's going to be bad karma because we play them tomorrow. No, fuck AC Milan. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, yeah. And as to conclude, I mentioned before, the league owned the title race, right? Now, Hey, James, before oh, – yeah. just remember, we, so we'll have to talk about the Zlatan thing at the end before we close. Finding it. So, go ahead. Yeah, my yeah. question to you guys is, why do you – you know, Lille is top of the league by one point ahead of PSG. However and, – and they have a game in hand, which is ridiculous. That means that they could potentially be four points clear at the head of the top. Is that just because PSG is not trying? Because, like, how can they dominate Barcelona 4-1 at the new Camp and then be losing the league title to Lille? Oh, I'll go. I'll go to Elliot first. Dan, you go. Okay, you want me to go? Okay. Um, I think they're putting all their eggs in their in one basket. It seems like that. Um, PSG are without their best player, so form is going to dip until he comes back. Uh, I do think he is going to be back for the second leg, though. Um, and you know, of course, Neymar will score a hat trick and, and forget that Mbappe ever existed. Um, but uh, I think that uh, that Lille have all the, all the momentum now because they just got knocked out of the Europa League. They got nothing but this just the league title, and I think they're doing uh, really well. They have a good advantage at the top. Um, but again, my gut tells me PSG is still going to find a way to win it. But I think I think it's 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 a legitimate question just because. Uh, Lil is uh, done well in Europe, and they've done well in the in the, um, in the league, and they're doing well. And they have a game game in hand, as you said, and um, I think they have a chance to win the league. And uh, if yeah, they do, they like the there's people are going to get out their checkbooks and raid that team. Uh, you know, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It kind of reminds me of Ajax of how how many young talents that they had, and and. They obviously did Madrid and then almost went to the Champions League mm-hmm. final where if they had gone through, they would have beat Liverpool in the final. I'm convinced of that. Um, but the thing is about that whole situation is 
that, that team got raided, not in one season, but in a couple of seasons. I think in two years, uh, Zayich, uh, Van Beek, um, who else? Uh, Dijon, um, uh, DeLitt, uh, and, uh, you know, and a lot of that team just just kind of uh, they they sold off. So, but if 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 they'll win, they'll they'll sell, sold off. Um, I really like that center back. I, I really hope that you know no one in Italy signs him. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but you know, we'll see what happens. I think it's it's up in the air. But with PSG so focused on the Champions League, it's certainly league. possible. Oh, sorry, sorry, Danielle, what do you think of the League One title race? Do you think PSG are going to run away with it? I think it's going to be close. Um, obviously, PSG are focusing on the Champions League at the moment since we all know how the result ended um, at the end of last season. So it is 100% possible that Lil are able to pull off the upset, but we don't know at this point. But it is highly possible, especially since they're up one point and they also have that game in hand. So, which also comes into their favor. Um, I just think right now it is possible that PSG obviously get back into this because it's PSG. They're a real strong team. But I think, in my opinion, they're trying to focus on the Champions League to secure something that they almost had at the end of last year. I have have a follow-up question for that, actually, for you guys. Um, with that being said, I'm under the impression that PSG can only beat uh, win the Champions League if Bayern um, against Bayern if they are both in the final again. Do you think? Do you guys think it's worth it? Because what if they sabotage the league and then they go out in the semifinal or something? Because obviously they made the final last year, so uh, I just think it's it's there's a lot of pressure on them to get back. And if they if they if they don't get back and they get second in the league, and all they win is the French Cup, um, how do you so think that's going to look on on uh, the part of PSG's decision to do that? Competition. They have risen to that level of expectation. Like the you know Barcelona in twenty sixteen they won everything except the Champions League and they considered it a failed season. That's ridiculous. You know, that's crazy high expectation. So for PSG, oh my God, if they don't win the league. They have to, and that's crazy, but yeah. If they, if they don't that's win the league, they have to win the Champions League. They have to win get, one or get, the other. At least get to the and final. In the years past, you've had Laurent Blanc win the league three times in a row and still get sacked because he couldn't get, the, get past the quarterfinals. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think it'll be ironic if uh, if they uh, obviously Lazio and PSG are through and they get drawn together in the. In the uh, <laughs> in the quarterfinals and then obviously Bayern would win that and the PSG would be too far back to, to win the league and now they just got knocked out of the Champions League. I hope not. Neymar getting back will obviously help that immensely um, because that Bayern team is, is going to take everything that they can get from, from a PSG team that's also quite good. Um, but I mean, so I think, I, I don't know, it's just going to be it's finally, gonna be interesting to see what happens. You know, today, it went viral, comments between Zlatan Ibrahimovic, not between, but like, Zlatan made comments that politics shouldn't be involved in sports, or that high-profile athletes shouldn't use their platform to make political statements. And LeBron James reacted you know, negatively towards that, you know, saying that he, LeBron James, will continue to use his platform to voice inequalities. But Elliot, I I think there's just a misunderstanding here. And yeah, huge misunderstanding. Um, again, if you're a basketball fan, what I'm about to say is probably going to rile you up. But just for this, just the context of this conversation, stay with the football analogy here. Um, LeBron, I think LeBron James is the best boss, basketball player ever, personally. That's just my opinion. If you think someone else, that's fine. Uh, so I, I obviously think very highly of LeBron James. I think what he has done with his platform is amazing. I think the the um, you know the the school that in Cleveland that he created, I Promise School, is amazing. There's the speaking out uh, when all this um, you know racial equality has happened is amazing, um, and all these different things that he he has done. Zlatan is not talking about that, and that's why I think I think either the media twisted it 
or Le- or LeBron James did not understand the context. That's not what he's saying. What he is saying is, when LeBron James goes back and forth with the with the the president, or or says a response to when the president says something about him, or um, d- telling um, uh, telling people to vote, and I, there's nothing wrong with telling people to vote, but the T-shirt that said "Vote or Die," I thought was 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 shouldn't that should not have been a thing. So I think his in making his political. Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. His political statements known to the world and like, like as if because LeBron James is the, the best player in basketball that I'm going to change my political stance because he said he believes something. Um, Zlatan is not speaking about the things he does and the charitable things he does. Zlatan in the past has actually kind of liked the, the, some of these things that uh, there was an interview where he, he had said something about uh, the LeBron James um, off the court in a positive manner when he was with the galaxy. Um, what people need to understand is Zlatan is only speaking about the politics of it. He's not talking about anything else that he does. He's not talking about um that LeBron should stop saying and standing up for what he believes in. So the quote, the quote that he said does not match what Zlatan said. Zlatan says he should stop talking about politics and, and play bass and stick to sports. As he said, he's not saying stop fighting for what you believe and stop, you know, doing things in the community. He's only talking about politics and, and, but, but that's not, but that's not what Zlatan is saying at all. He's just talking about the politic angle and that's it. And I'm afraid when uh, Skip and Shannon get back from vacation on Undisputed, they're going to talk about this and they're going to make this they're going to make this poisonous because both of them will not understand the context of it. And the yeah. reason they won't understand the context of it, they don't know Zlatan. We know Zlatan. And and they're going to make it sound like he is uh, he's in the same class as the as the lady that said, shut up and dribble. You have to understand these are two separate, completely separate situations. They don't know who they, they probably know him a little bit based on name and based on the fact that he played soccer for two years in L.A. But you have to understand who Zlatan is before you make accusations. And I'm, I'm really actually scared that they're going to turn this into uh, something that it's not. And they need to uh, they, they, they won't approach it the right way. But in the end, what Zlatan said I, I don't think politics should be involved in sports. Like I'm okay with some of it. I was, I supported Colin Kaepernick when he did his thing. Um, but I think, I don't think, and I I'm all with, with the support for, you know, the, 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 the peaceful protests and all this other stuff, but I, I don't think politics itself should be involved by professional athletes. That's just the way I view it. Uh, LeBron obviously feels differently. Zlatan kind of feels the same way I feel, but what Zlatan was saying was had nothing to do with his, the, the, the peaceful protest or any of that. He's talking about when he's engaging with the president or he's telling people uh, to do things politically. And again, I love LeBron James. Um, and I love, I love Zlatan. I probably, if, if I'm being honest, I like, I like LeBron a little more than Zlatan. Zlatan has, has given me far too many headaches over the years in Syria. So obviously I'm more fond of, of LeBron, but I can't side with him here. And, and it's not LeBron versus Zlatan. It's the media's mix-up versus Zlatan. Um, and then I think, but what Zlatan said, it's just, it's just about the politics stuff. It's not about anything else. And I think the media totally spun the story and misconstrued the entire thing. And the fear is that when an undisputed gets back and one of the Pete, one of these uh, sports shows start talking about the situation that they're going to misrepresent what Slotan is. And the second that happens, I'll defend him to the death. And um, it's just sad that uh, what, what is going to ma- be made up uh, Danielle, of the, of, the uh, one comment so, that he made. What were your thoughts on it? Hmm. Uh, no comment. Politics shouldn't be really mixed up with sports. You can only imagine like, for example, in the Qatar world cup in the, preface to it i don't know if you guys remember but cristiano ronaldo was asked in 2015 what he thought of the decision of qatar to win the world cup did and like he decided not to talk he was promoting his headphone line back then and the reporter kept asking him you know do you do the players in the locker rooms talk about the qatar world cup and listen and then he cursed out the reporter which was pretty funny but yeah Yeah, the only reason I responded is because in a week from now, Skip and Shannon are going to be out back on vacation, and they're going to they're going to try to 
to manipulate the story into Zlatan is just like the the Fox News lady. So the reason I responded and even spoke about this tonight is because I want what I said tonight to to, to be there when um when when not just Skip and Shannon, but but sports media is going to try to make Zlatan as turn him into that's fair. You know how the you know the is. villain, which Whatever he is not. Clicks. When you see a LeBron James hashtag, you know that's the gold mine for attraction views. And we all know Skip Bayless, I mean, just for our viewers or listeners yeah. who follow basketball. Absolutely. Skip is basically the um, Ram Sunis of the NBA. Like, if Pogba is LeBron James, like, he just hates him. Like, hates him. <laughs> Skip doesn't hate LeBron James, but he. But obviously, I get what you're saying. Um, um, I, let's go through one more thing. I don't want to end it like that. Um, so Glogbach came from. Oh, sorry, Glogbach was two 0 up on uh, Leipzig, and then we can end after this. I just don't want to end it on that note. Um, uh, and uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Leipzig. Leipzig came back to uh, to bring some life back into the title race. It looked like it was collapsing. What what are you guys thoughts of the results? Leipzig, they the fact that they were able to pull it out of the bag in the last second gasp of the game. It's not what shocks me. It's the fact that Gladbach, despite their performance against Man City, gave Leipzig such a hard time. You got to remember that they're second in the Bundesliga with the best team in the world, Bayern Munich. And so, I don't know. I don't really know how to how to respond here. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's more. It, it's a fair result. I don't, I don't know, Danielle, what do you think? Leipzig were the better team, but much and Gladbach are not a bad side at all. And they had faced Man City. They were exhausted by that. But they put in a good shift and a good fight. And I think it's heartbreaking, but they can't be ashamed by any means of this result, even if it is a loss. I 100% agree. Unfortunately, my ESPN Plus app kind of was buffering. I should update that app. But, uh, yeah, I was watching a little bit. And obviously, Mönchengladbach were all over Leipzig at certain times of the match. And but then Leipzig, they're not a team that goes down without a fight, and they were able to get back into this and pull off the victory. So it's kind of like hard to say because um, both teams are doing fairly well, and they're both fighting for something this season. And it's just like hard to put words to it with this result. But I think overall it was a fair result, especially with um, Leipzig getting back into it and securing the victory late. Yeah. They, they just really need a striker, don't they? I mean, uh, yeah. I, I, I'm happy that they, they came back because it's still only two points, um, especially after seeing Bayern you know, rip apart uh, Cologne. And not only River Park alone, like three players had more than one goal contribution. Um, uh, Gorgat, uh, not, had four, three assists, I think. And then um, Serge Gnabry came off the bench and scored two goals. So um, my fear is that, uh, and we'll talk about this more on the Bundesliga show, but um, is that this is just a, a sign of the fact that Leipzig probably don't have what it takes to make this a, a you know, not to say not not a title race, but it's going to sure, hard. Sure. It's going to be and difficult we, for them to keep to it just honest, at two points. Even though it's it, they some say Bayern Liga, and we've gone over this a million times. I think these teams can be proud of placing second place. Um, sorry, Leipzig and and Gladbach trying to make top four, even though they they fell off of a once upon a time good start to the. Yeah, but but they all want to be the one to take them down. The team that takes sure. Bayern down Monaco, will be celebrated you know for, for years to come. Intermission of the PSG dynasty. You know that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but so so all those teams want that. Um, and again, Roma could have done that to Juventus if it wasn't for Mosala um, leaving at the worst possible moment, but um, that's okay. I'm over it. Um, but, but being, being a, a fan of a team that almost did that 
the, the, the feeling of satisfaction as that, the, as that would have felt, I imagine for those teams, which is why I think uh, Leipzig are going to want to be that team to knock them down. And, you know, they'll probably win one and then um, probably not this sure. season though. And then final win another seven in a row. We'll and it'll be more of the same. Our, our favorite um, <laughs> final. Now, Danielle, it's been a pleasure. And, you know, I can only hope that Inter don't get the three points today against Genoa. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, me and James will will be back on camera um, next sure. week, Danielle, so I'll have more clips and stuff. But you on the show. Uh, since Danielle was back, we had to do it on an anchor. It was For a great sure. honor being here, and Thank I hope guys. to be back be soon. Another edition of the Football Pass Podcast. Catch you guys next time. Mm-hmm.